0: This podcast is brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. Thanks for listening. Okay, good morning everyone. Very Merry and Blessed Christmas to you all. Okay, we're going to uh, begin our time with uh, what we call prayer, where we're going to just go to God to ask Him to help us understand His Word, because we believe that He spoke to us, and that He wants us to understand what He's saying. So, uh, we're just going to go to God in prayer now, to ask Him to help us understand the true meaning of Christmas. Dear Father, as we come before you this morning, uh, we pray that indeed, you help us to understand uh, what Christmas really is, to get to the heart of Christmas. We pray for all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Uh, What is the meaning of life? Uh, Who am I? Uh, Where do I come from? Where am I going? These are the deepest questions that we face as human beings. Uh, I remember when I was young, between a teenager to being a young adult, I was quite an agnostic person. I didn't really believe in God one way or another. Uh, I just thought I was a good person and uh, I tried to live a good life. Uh, I focused on enjoying life, going on holidays, spending time with friends, playing sports. And it all seemed very good for many years until, I suppose, uh, the last year of my university, where I really felt quite jaded, quite empty, and it all felt quite meaningless. And I wanted to find out uh, what were the answers to those deepest questions in life. Where am I going? Who am I? Where do I come from? Uh, What is the meaning of life? And really, when you try to look for the answer to these questions, there are really only two types of truths of answers in the world. Uh, The two types of answers you can see up here on the slide are really coming from science or coming from history. So there are really two types of truths, right? There's science and there is history. I mean, when you think of it, that's where we get most of our truths, I mean Maybe I might be wrong, but those are the two things that I can think of, right? It's either the, the truth of the lab or the truth from the law. And I think that uh, science is uh, the sort of truth where, like when you do an experiment, it proves a particular truth. So, you know, if I were to drop my uh, handphone, which I won't, right? Then I'm, I'm proving the law of gravity, right? It's the truth of gravity. And that's what science does. Science looks at the world and explains the phenomena of this world. But the problem with science is that it can tell me what is happening, but uh, the next slide. Right, so science can tell me what is happening, uh, but science can't tell me why it is happening or where it is coming from. Right? What, what is actually? Where is it coming from? Why is this happening? So, I can't explain the why, but uh, it's very good in terms of explaining the what. What is happening? So, in a sense, when I ask you, do you believe in these various things? So, the next slide. So, do you believe in things like human equality? Uh, I suppose we will all say yes, right? We will all say that we believe in human equality. Uh, I think we will all say that it's good to help the poor and the needy. I think we will all say that it is good to have equal rights. We would all say it is good that we have liberty and freedom. We would say that it's right for everyone to be equal before the law and for them to have justice. Uh, We would say that it's right that everybody have an opportunity to be happy and everybody has a right to life. But if you look at these questions, how do you find a proof of these answers in science? You can't. Right, because science doesn't give you the why, it just describes the phenomena, it explains to you what is happening. So in many ways, when I was uh, looking in my search for meaning in life, the science really doesn't give you the deepest answers to the why, it can only give you the answers to the what. Because in a sense, if you look at the world, if you look at science, science would say we are a product of evolution, the survival of the fittest. Well, if that's really true, then science really says that there is no such thing as human equality. Uh, Because, you know, if I'm fitter than you and I've survived better than you, then you're not equal to me, I'm superior to you. And in many ways, uh, when you look at things like freedom, justice, generosity, mercy, love, you can't find these things in science. These are just things that uh, we think are important, but we can't prove through science. And one of the things that I struggled with too when I, was, uh, when I was living during that time between a teenager to being a young adult was I suffered these stomach pains for many years uh, when I first started work. Uh, I later found out I had uh, some stomach issues, some stomach ulcers. And so I started to struggle with the question of uh, suffering. Right? Why is there suffering? Okay, the next slide. Why is there suffering in this world? And again, science doesn't give me the answer to why there is suffering in this world. Because again, science describes the phenomena of this world, so it may say that yes, as human beings, we suffer. But it doesn't give you the answer as to why we suffer, because in a sense, in terms of the categories of scientific thought, there is no category as suffering, right? Because if we're just a bunch of atoms which have come together and somehow we are given the spark of life, then suffering is really just my own subjective feelings in these atoms that uh, have these electrical impulses which come to my brain. In the same way, you know, when I think of the issue of uh, good and evil, why is there evil in this world? Again, uh, there is no category of evil within science. It's like, what is good and what is evil? There is no experiment to prove one way or another whether something is good or evil or wicked or something is right so in one sense I had to turn from science to history and so history in the next slide is a different sort of knowledge right? uh, this morning as we come here to church as we leave here we won't be able to say to one another okay let's do a scientific experiment to find out if we were really here this morning I guess we could do some DNA testing on the seat that you're sitting in but. But more likely, we would, we would actually go to one another and say, Oh, did you see so-and-so here this morning? And we would say, Yes, we did. Did we shake hands with that person this morning? And we would say, Yes, we did. And perhaps afterwards, we would say, Did you have lunch with this person? And we would say, Yes, we did. Because this is a different sort of truth in this world. Right? It's a different sort of truth from the scientific truth. It is the truth of history, the truth of the law courts. And that's why... This morning, we want to focus on this passage in the book of 1 John, which wants to tell us that actually Christmas and the reality of Jesus is founded not on science, but on history, on the language of eyewitness testimony, on the language of human experience. So, if you look at the next passage, okay, the next one, uh, you'll see that uh, I'm going to read it to you. This comes from the first book of 1 John, chapter 1, and it says. May have fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Now, this is the language of history. This is the language of eyewitness testimony. This is the language of the law, right? He, the writer, keeps emphasizing to you over and over again, to us over and over again, that they saw Jesus with their own eyes, they heard Jesus with their own ears. They looked at Jesus, they touched Jesus. This was not hearsay or second-hand or third-hand information. This was eyewitness testimony. And this is very important for us because we are given this truth based on history or a legal framework so that we may know this person, Jesus, who comes into the world at Christmas time. Now, many years ago when I was studying in Australia, I had this car. Okay, It looks exactly like this, except it had uh, roof racks. Um, so one day, I parked my car uh, near the train station, and then I went off and then I came back, and my car wasn 't there anymore. so I thought to myself, it must be because you know uh, i'm getting a a bit old or something i can 't remember, so I walked up down the street and i couldn 't see it, and I walked up the next street and i couldn 't see it and then finally it dawned on me that my car uh, was stolen. So I lodged a police report, uh, and uh, I didn't have any hopes of seeing my car ever again. Then about a month later, I got contacted by the police, and the police said, Oh, actually, we found your car, but it was in the garage of somebody else's house. Uh, Would you be willing to come to the house to verify if this is your car? So I I went to the police station far away from my house. I met up with the police detective. We went to this person's house and uh, my car was a different color and a different license plate. But when I went to the car, it was my car because there was the coke stain that my friend had spilled Coca-Cola on the seat on. Uh, There was my radio which has my electronic lock on. There was the tear on the seat floor, right? So the policeman asked me, he said, the detective said, would you be willing to testify that this is your car? Would you be willing to go to court? And I said, I would. So he asked me to sign a statement. See, I was willing to testify that this was my car because I had been able to see the coke stain, I had been able to touch the tear on the floor. I could see that this was the interior of my car even though it had been changed because I had been driving this car for so long. So in the same way, What the Bible is trying to impress upon us is these people walked with Jesus, they talked to Jesus, they, they heard Jesus, they ate with Jesus for many years of their life and they want to testify to us what is true. Now obviously, what they testify to is something of a much more greater importance than my car, but it's something which is true. And that's why if you look at the bulletin before you, the passage next slide uh, which is there the writer of the bible says to us we know also that the son of god has come and has given us understanding so that we know him who is true and we are in him who is true by being his son jesus christ he is the true god and eternal life now I think he wants to tell us that Jesus is true, right? Because he keeps repeating the word over and over again. And that's the reason why, as Christians, we celebrate Christmas. Not because of some fantasy or myth like Santa Claus, but we celebrate Christmas because of a true person called Jesus, who was truly God, who came into the world during Christmas. And that really is the purpose of christmas that god comes into our world our existence right he comes into our history now once we understand that then really we are on the journey to understanding the the answer to the deepest questions of our life where do i come from well if god comes into the world in the person of jesus then i am from a creator God, right? I didn't just come out of nothing. There is a God who created and made me by design. Uh, who am I? Uh, I am created in the image of God, the, the Bible tells me. I am made in the image of God. I am loved by God because God comes into the world uh, in the person of Jesus. There is dignity in my life. I am worth more than my job. I'm worth more than how much I earn. I'm worth more than how society sees me because I've actually made an image of God. I've given dignity because God loves me, because He comes into the world to, 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 to love me by serving me, by dying on the cross for me. And where am I going? Well, I'm going, according to God, to be in fellowship with God for eternity. Now, by comparison, a contemporary Christmas contemporary understanding of christmas seems so shallow and empty and meaningless because it's all about presents or santa claus or christmas trees but actually what the bible wants to remind us again today is actually the heart of christmas is about jesus god come into this world now i remember many years ago i shared the reality of christmas with someone and this person said to me okay uh, I, I believe that you have all these facts, but so what? Right? So what? Uh, what does it actually mean for me? Right? I, I might know facts about reading the newspaper about Donald Trump. I might know facts about uh, you know Hong Kong uh, having uh, riots. I might know facts about uh, you know personal mobility devices being banned. But but so what? What does it mean for me during Christmas? Right? Well, again, in the Book of One John, if you have, look up here on this slide. Um, the word that keeps being repeated is uh, love. See, Jesus comes into the world at Christmas time because he is motivated by love. Right? He's not coming here as a tourist. Okay? He's coming here out of love. It says, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God and this is what we are. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. This is how God showed His love among us. He sent His one and only Son into the world that we might live through Him. This is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now Christmas is known as the season of love, So we think of it as a time where we show love to one another, right? Maybe family members buying presents. But fundamentally, Christmas is a season of love because it is where God showed his love for us by sending his son Jesus, who is fully God, into this world. And out of love, he says, Jesus comes into this world to lay down his life as an atoning sacrifice for us so that we would be his children, children of God. Now this is so important, right? Because this is the heart of Christmas. That during Christmas time, God, motivated by love, sent His Son so that He would die on the cross for our sins so that we would be His children. Okay, so if you look at the, the slide here, i try to summarize all this. Uh, this is what Christmas really is. It's a time where God, out of love, sends his son who is fully God to die on the cross to forgive us of our sins so that we move from being enemies to being his children. Now I remember that uh, I was lying in bed many many years ago it was a Friday night and I was reflecting and thinking about this, the truths on this slide and it, and it gripped me with uh, sudden fear uh, because I realized that if if God, out of love, sent His Son into the world to die for my sins so that I could be His child, then I thought to myself, well, if I died tonight, like let's say I went to sleep and I never woke up, then I would actually still be His enemy and I would still be in my sins. And I realized at that moment when I was uh, in my great fear how I misunderstood the situation. Right? I misunderstood myself and I misunderstood uh, how good I was. Uh, because I'd always thought that I was a good person, right? But actually, if God out of love sent Jesus to die on the cross for me, uh, then why would he do so unless I needed to be saved, right? Why waste his son's time and why suffer if I could be a good person myself? So I remember this uh, illustration or this uh, story that I, I heard somewhere many years ago. I'm not even sure where. I, I might have seen it in the cartoon. It's a story about a pastor who was uh, meant to do a funeral of a gangster. And so this gangster, let's call him Fred, okay? Fred the gangster, was a bad person. okay? He was a criminal, He's a bad person. But the day before the funeral, the brothers of the gangster came to see the pastor. And they said to the pastor, whatever you say tomorrow, tomorrow at the funeral, I want, we want you to say that our brother was a good person. So, the pastor was like, you know, he couldn't sleep that night. He was thinking, but how could I lie, right? How could I lie tomorrow at the funeral and say that he was a good person when we all know that he was a bad person, he was a gangster. So, the funeral comes along and, uh, you know, the pastor's there. He's speaking. So, he stands out in front of the criminal, the gangster family and he says, Fred, the gangster, right, was a criminal. He was an adulterer. He was a bully, but compared to his brothers, he was a good person. (laughs) So, in many ways, we are like Fred, right? Because we, we compare ourselves to other people, we think that we are good people. We are good people. But really, God tells us in his word during Christmas time that we are not good people because if not, he wouldn't send Jesus into the world to save us. He wouldn't send Jesus into the world out of love to go to the cross to die, so that we may come back to be His children. So that's really the heart of Christmas, right? The heart of Christmas, and the next slide, is that we are all saved because of God's love for us in Jesus. And in a sense, uh, what Christmas tells us is that it is all good. Uh, we, are, we are all good. We're all good in the sense where we are right with God, We have eternal life, we have a relationship with God, we're now His children, and not because of being good people, but because at Christmas time, Jesus, who is fully God, comes into the world to begin His journey, His mission, so that He would die on the cross to bring us forgiveness and bring us back to be His children. So that is the heart of Christmas, and I wonder whether for you today, uh, you can say, that this Christmas, it is all good. Right. Because generally, when people ask you how you are, you might say, everything's okay, not too bad, so-so. But can we really say it is all good? Well, if you understand what Christmas is about, and you have received the gift of Christmas in Jesus, then you can say, it is all good. So my hope for you, and I'm sure the hope uh, that uh, all of us here have today as Christians, is that all of us can really say that this Christmas, uh, it is all good, because we have received the gift that God wants us to have in Jesus Christ. Okay, I'm going to spend a moment just praying now, and again we're going to go to God, and we're just going to ask God to really help us to reflect and ponder and uh, meditate on what we've heard today in His Word. So let's go to God in prayer. Dear Father, as we come before you today, uh, we want to ask you humbly that you may help us to reflect, ponder, and meditate on the heart of Christmas, Uh, that the heart of Christmas is not about presents or Santa Claus, but rather it is your Son who is truly God come into this world. He has come out of love in order to go to the cross to die for the forgiveness of sins and to bring us back from being enemies to being your children. So, dear Father, we pray for ourselves that we will receive this gift of Christmas, that we will receive your love, and that truly, uh, this Christmas, we can say it is all good with our souls. And we pray for all these things in Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast brought to you by Bethany Trinity Presbyterian Church. For more information, visit us online at this